Blog Talk Radio. to another episode of A Sound Heart. Tonight, our topic is entitled The Reptilian Menace. The devil, that is, will be crushed by Jesus. And so our study is going to begin in Genesis chapter 3, and we will go into the New Testament, and we will read Romans chapter 16, verse 20, Romans 16, verses 17 and 18. With that, let us have a word of prayer. We do give thanks to the Lord for this opportunity to study your word. And we pray that your saints will be blessed, Lord, through this ministry that you have kept around for so long. And thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I pray that many hearts will be blessed throughout the world. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to begin reading in Genesis chapter 3. Now, and uh, in my Bible, uh, the title reads "The Fall of Man," and that, of course, was as added there by the the Bible translators, because the Bible never speaks about the fall of man. The Bible speaks very candidly about the destruction uh, of man, and so we we have to begin there, not with the fall of man. And so Bible language is precise, and we would do well to pay careful attention to Bible language so that we will not be led astray uh, by, by human theology. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, quote, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, quote, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden, unquote. The woman said to the serpent, now at this point let me say that in Hebrew the word is nakash. In Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 3, 1, the, uh, the word serpent is nakash. And so it, the, these words mean literally from the Hebrew, the shining one, the shining one. And uh, we're going to talk about that, what that means here shortly. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now, she added that last, those last words, uh, and you must not touch it or you will die. So you must not touch it was added by her. God specifically said that uh, you must not eat fruit uh, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Verse 4, 
And so the the serpent's reply is, quote, you will not surely die, unquote. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. Open to what? And you will be like God. And so the the ultimate mischief uh, is spoken by the the serpent. The the, <laughs> the ultimate uh, mischief. Uh, this the evil pantomime, uh, as it were, to believe that one could be like God. Uh, the serpent himself is a finite creature in that he is the creation of God, and he is speaking to the woman who is also uh, a creation of God. God is infinite. Uh, all other beings are finite. So, and notice the language he uses. You shall be like God. Uh, you, you, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, knowing uh, Tob and Ra. So, Tob, uh, here the word means full of pleasure. And note the, the, the importance of the language, full of pleasure. And Ra, the word that has been transliterated as evil, uh, means full of pain. So Tob, uh, T-O-B in Hebrew, and then Ra, R-A, and so we have a consonant and we have a vowel, Ra. And uh, Ra is a very important term in, in biblical, uh, in Old Testament theology because it denotes or depicts uh, the complete ruin of an individual. Not only the individual, but those who are also within the periphery of that individual, Tob and Ra, full of pleasure and full of pain. And if you would think or meditate upon those words, you would see uh, the the uncanny uh, how these these words uh, uh, in an uncanny manner bespeaks all of. Uh, the existence of man who is who is separated from God through sin. Okay, and uh, so this uh, let me go on. So when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, interesting, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it, and the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized they were naked. Now, their eyes were open to what? Well, at this point, their, their eyes were now open to uh, human incompleteness. So here in verse 6, we see uh, what John speaks about in First John. We see the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye, and the pride of life at work. So uh, in, in the New Testament, lust means that which uh, cannot be satiated or insatiableness. Uh, so lust, and, and which also uh, 
denote uh, that which uh, makes the creature to fall uh, evermore into deeper and deeper lust and, and pain and chagrin. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. So their eyes, the eyes of both of them were open. And you see how they believed uh, the serpent, the shining one, uh, and now they realize they're naked. So uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 2, at the last verse, verse uh, 25, we read, quote, and the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, uh, so... The, the writer, that is Moses, takes this word naked and shame, particularly the word shame. And uh, so now in Genesis 3, uh, 3, 1, we read, now the serpent was more crafty. So there is in the Hebrew text a, a relationship between this word shame, Genesis 2.25, and this word crafty uh, in uh, Genesis 3.1. So this word is this relationship is used or or fashioned by the Nakash in order to deceive uh, the man and his wife. And so what did they do after their eyes were opened? Uh, here is the the beginning of humanism. They realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So here we have human incompleteness. Uh, uh, symbolized by what? By the aprons they made for themselves. They made coverings for themselves. Humanism uh, is incomplete because it is created by man. And it is does what? It is created to hide, uh, uh, to, uh, to disguise shame. And so who did this? This, this evil sinister deep. It was the shining one. Now, I keep, I want to emphasize that word shining one because uh, Paul talks about this very shining one um, in 2 Corinthians. He writes in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. he states, quote, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers are also transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works, unquote. So this word transformed here in the New Testament means outward semblance, uh, it, and had, which uh, carries, does not carry the connotation or the idea of, of any inner transformation. It is only an outward transformation in order to deceive. And so we have this as the shining one in uh, in, the, in Genesis 3, the serpent. He, he shines or he has this outward semblance in order to deceive. And that's the extent of it. Now, in Matthew 17, verse 1, we read, quote, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was 
transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment as white as the light, unquote. Now, this word uh, transfigured means to show outwardly what is inwardly. So what we have here in the transfiguration of Jesus is an inner radiance that came from that it was the divine effulgence, the outshining of glory. The enemy can only imitate God. He has no inner effulgence, no inner light, no inner glory to manifest uh, to others as did the Savior. And so uh, when we go further uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 3, we have these important words that God says. So uh, the serpent is crushed. Uh, Genesis uh, 3.14, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, are you above all livestock and all the wild animals? You will crawl on your belly and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-two, and between your offspring and hers. Listen carefully to the language. Between your offspring and hers. God is talking to the Nikash. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He, her offspring, he, will crush your head. You will strike his heel. Romans 16, 20. He will crush your head. Now, uh, the book of Romans is Paul's great dissertation on soteriology. That is the doctrine of salvation. And when we get to the end of the book of Romans, uh, Paul has these words, and this is Romans 16, 20, quote, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Now, notice how... What uh, what Paul says about uh, our blessed hope and what Jesus is going to do to the serpent. God is going to make an end of the enemy. That which the enemy started in Genesis chapter 3, uh, God is going to end... And uh, God is going to bring ruin upon the enemy. So, listen carefully to Paul's language. Once again, Romans 16:20, And the God of peace, when you were saved and when I was saved, we received God's own peace, God's own irene, the peace <clears throat> that has characterize him from all eternity. So, because of Jesus, we have peace with God. Jesus died for us. We have peace with God. And not only do we have peace with God because of what Christ did, 
uh, we have also been given the peace of God. So Paul calls this the, these, these things the riches of our inheritance in Christ Jesus. These are some of the riches of our inheritance. We have peace with God, and we have the peace of God. So, and I love the way that these words are juxtaposed to uh, what God is going to do uh, to the enemy through Christ Jesus. So, once again, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Under whose feet? Under your feet. And this word shortly uh, is used by by John uh, in Revelation uh, chapter 1. It's a very important word. Uh, taxiai. So, now in the Greek, uh, well, from the Greek we read, uh, Paul writes, and the God of peace shall shatter Satan, that is the opposer, the adversary, shall shatter Satan under your feet shortly. Now, this is uh, the destiny of the saints. Uh, God is going to do this for the saints. Shall bruise Satan, uh, shall shatter Satan under your feet. And who is going to do this? The Bible says that Jesus is going to shatter the serpent. And he's going to do it on our behalf. Now, I know, I love the context of these words. Uh, so, in, in beginning at verse 17, Paul writes, quote, this is Romans 16. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. Mark them and avoid them, okay? Go out and away from them. Uh, Go out of the way. Don't be around such persons. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to to doctrine. Say, you and I cannot live or have fellowship with people uh, who live lives or walk contrary to doctrine. That is, contrary to the the dedicate that we have received. And so, which is what? The Logos, the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus himself. Say, avoid them. Why? because you don't want uh, to contaminate your spiritual life. If you're around ungodly people, if you're around unholy people, if you're around unclean people, if you avoid people that make excuses for being unholy and unclean and unrighteous, what's going to happen? You're going to soil your testimony. You're going to soil uh, your walk with the Lord. You don't need that. You and I can't afford it. Look around you seriously and Be careful. Look at the culture, the world around you with biblical eyes. Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, if an individual 
chooses not to look uh, at the world for what it really is, then what you what are you doing? You you have chosen uh, darkness because you refuse to listen to the truth and to walk according to the truth. And so uh, Jesus said, of such a person, what the word that little word that you had, uh, God's going to take it away. Because God is not going to allow what is holy uh, to be soiled or, or his word to be contaminated in an unholy vessel. That's not the way, uh, that's not the teaching of the Bible. And so uh, if you read carefully, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and John, you will read about people, God's own people, who uh, were under Roman rule. And in the book of John, they, they, they called Jesus a liar. They said, oh, it's absurd uh, that you would say that, oh, we are not free. And so uh, they, were, <laughs> they were offended that Jesus would say such a thing. How dare he say that they were not free? And so uh, that created a, a rancor in their souls. And uh, so they wanted no more uh, to do with him. But now, look, they were under Roman rule. They were not even, they were not the rulers of their own country. Think about it. And even though they were not, uh, they did not rule their own country, uh, they automatically stood against the Lord. And uh, they they refused uh, to believe the words of Jesus. So, look when when you refuse the word, uh, you your soul receives darkness. And uh, the enemy uses such people. So uh, there are the people of God. There's and. There are the, the people who belong to the enemy. So in the book of John, uh, just go back and read it for yourself. Uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing, uh, this, this rejection of the Son of God, uh, because he told them the truth. So uh, this is the way the, the enemy operates. He, uh, he very carefully and over time, he brings ruin into the lives of individuals. In Romans 16, Paul says, look, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine. Verse 18, Romans 16, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And he goes on, listen carefully, and by good words and fair speeches, Deceive the hearts of the simple. These are the words of God. These people, their destructiveness. Why? Because they are uh, they're of the devil, uh, or the satanist, the opposer. They are going to oppose you. They oppose all the people of God. They are 
the emissaries of the opposer. So, and these people, if you do not separate yourselves from them, you're going to do harm to your to your walk with the Lord. Uh, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches. And the words fair speeches here means to bless. They will say, bless you, bless you. And you can see, if you look carefully in their eyes, you can see the contradiction that they may, uh, they may use fair speech or nice words. But, and uh, like God said that their lips are, uh, they, they praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. If you watch their eyes carefully, you will see that, that the eyes and the speech do not align. They are not together. Okay? So their good words and their fair speeches are meant to deceive. Look, uh, Jesus said, be ye wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. To do, do, do what? To deceive the hearts of the simple. Uh, didn't we just read this in Genesis 3? And how the enemy used good words and fair speeches to deceive the heart of the woman? who was thoroughly deceived, the enemy has not changed. And then in verse 19, Paul praises uh, the, the believers who walk with God. For your obedience is come abroad to all. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Very wonderful language, very powerful, very powerful language. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That is, shatter Satan under your feet shortly. Hodes uh, is the word in Greek. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Saints, we live in very difficult times. We live in very difficult days. And they're going to become more difficult. And a lot of believers are hurting these days. They may not be in your periphery yet, but they will be in your periphery. So now is the time to get your heart prepared so that you can be a servant of the master uh, because there are things that we take for granted this day and in the coming days may not uh, be available to us. And so let us live lives that are holy so that we can be holy vessels unto the Lord. Let us be obedient. Let us walk as real disciples of Christ uh, in, these, in these last evil days. Your faith is not popular. My faith is not popular. Uh, the enemy uh, stands opposed. He is the opposer. He is the adversary. And opposed to the real followers of Christ. And so they will deceive you uh, with good words and fair speeches to deceive the hearts of the simple. Uh, but, you know, in a few verses down, Paul says, The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. The world is set up to deceive. The cosmic system is set up to deceive. 
Their actions are deceptive. They may give you something immediately, but it is to lead you down a path uh, that, that will ruin you. So be careful. The Bible says, look neither to the left nor to the right, but keep your eyes, keep your eyes straight ahead. Jesus said, no man who has taken up the plow, the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Who said that? Jesus said that. She looked back into destruction and into ruin. But Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart also. Is your treasure in heaven? Is Jesus your treasure? Or is your treasure here in this fleeting system that is falling apart, that is collapsing before your very eyes? Look at the violence. Look at the anger. Look at the ruin. Look at the divisiveness. Look at the perversion turning little girls into little boys and turning little boys into little girls. And look at the desire to uh, have legislation that allows uh, just pedophiles to have their way with little ones. Be careful. We live in evil days. Evening and God bless you.